In this episode of Sig Neutron Sputron, brought to you by... Easy Shacks, the no-hassle shackles for all of your shackling needs. Mmm, master. There you are, Nimrod. Whatever is that incessant groaning I hear? Mm, that's the monster. Did you shackle the monster? Uh, well... Nimrod, did you use the easy shacks? Uh, no... Oh, you ninny. I told you to always use the easy shacks. They're the no-hassle shackles. Never mind that now. You're just in time for me to unveil my newest creation. (laughs) Oh, what's that, Master? I call it a podcast. Still smoking, I see. Oh, shove it, you numbsuckle. I'm down to a pack a day. Now get over there and dramatically flip the switch. Oh, I love dramatically flipping switches. (laughs) Yes, master. Flip it. Flip the switch. It's my favorite time of year. Oh, I'm a fear. Sig Neutron's Spooky Spooky everybody it's your old pal sig neutron for this episode of sig neutron spooky spewtron <coughs> yeah you guessed it it's a halloween episode because i haven't really i've been so busy i haven't really gotten to do anything that uh you know gets me in the mood for halloween well you know what i take that back we've been doing a lot of makeups on the twitch twitch.tv slash sig neutron there's a plug for it we've been uh, we turned ranny into like a classic devil also, uh, a creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, like a pinup Basil Gogos-inspired creature. 
from the Black Lagoon, which was fucking awesome. I've always wanted to do a basil, and again, I don't know if I'm saying it right, I should probably look this up, basil or basil gogos paint-inspired makeup. If you don't know who he is, he's the artist that I obviously can't say his name, uh, but he painted all of the classic Famous Monsters of Filmland posters or covers. You see them, they have the trippy colors. Looks like they're being hit with a bunch of different colored gels and things. I, I Just the way he sees color, man, was, uh, well, I guess the way he saw color, because he is... Uh, passed on but the way he saw color was amazing and it blew blues my mind it blues my mind the way he sees color <laughs> as an unintentional color pun yeah my uh, my friend cecil porter who i had as an episode and one of the earlier i had as an episode wow i cannot talk today my friend cecil porter who i had as a guest on an episode earlier also does color like basil gogos uh, add some like trippy weird colors out of nowhere but anyways uh, let's have some spooky Halloween fun and again yep I'm late putting this episode out on a Monday my bad I'm really trying October has been one of the it's always one of the busiest months of the year and I never think that it's going to be that busy until last minute because for some reason nobody wants to book their makeup artist in advance for Halloween they uh, they want to wait till like two days before I don't get it man I really don't get it uh, that's not talking shit on any of my clients or anything but I'm just saying that's it's pretty nuts that I yeah I don't know I don't know why people aren't planning in advance <laughs> make our lives a little bit easier but I got some exciting news yeah so what have we been up to? Well, we did uh, Patrick Starr and his brother Peter's makeup, which we turned them into Shrek and Fiona, me and Randy did, and it was fucking awesome. And if you want to watch the video, they put together a really awesome, like, 30-minute video of the process. Uh, if you want to watch it, go to YouTube and just search Shrek and Fiona Patrick Starr, and it will pop up. And I just thought it was, apparently it made it into a Teen Vogue uh, article or something. Like, it's pretty awesome. And now I'm like, getting, getting a lot of exposure from that. So that's exciting. And Patrick Starr and his brother Peter and that whole crew, they're just super wonderful, awesome people. And I'm really glad that we crossed paths. And I feel like we have lots more collaboration to do in the future. But right now is not the future. Right now is October, and it is the 28th currently, so it's just a few days until Halloween, Halloween, la la la, and Halloween. So I figured let's start out with some fun Halloween history, because haven't you ever wondered what the heck, why the heck do we celebrate Halloween? I don't know. A lot of times we as people just fucking do things, and we don't even think about why we do them. Isn't that weird? <laughs> There's so many traditions that we just we just do. I, mean, I don't know. Sure, let's go around door to door, dressed up and uh, asking for candy. <laughs> so let's get right down to it. You know, the origins of Halloween can. Mo there are different cultures and different that celebrate different, similar sort of Halloweeny type things, but most, uh, you know. The one that you can kind of trace it back to is Samhain. It's spelled Samhain, and I think a lot of people probably say Samhain, which, fun fact, the movie Trick or Treat, uh, the newer one, the anthology horror one, which is amazing and I highly recommend, by the way, is, uh, yeah, that the character is called, they call him Samhain. That that's, I thought that was a clever name for a character. 
clever mispronounced name. <laughs> so what is Sawin? And uh, well, I'm gonna tell you right now. So Sawin is a, like most of our, uh, you know, traditions uh, originated as a pagan religion, religious festival thing. And uh, yeah, it's from ancient Celtic, Celtic. Yes, ancient Celtic spiritual traditions. Uh, it's where they were welcoming in the harvest and they were ushering in the dark half of the year. Ooh. And the Celts actually believed that the veil between the worlds of the living and the dead was thinnest at this time. So there was a lot of crossover things. You know, you've all heard the legends of like, ooh, that's when the ghouls and ghosts can come back is on Halloween. So the tradition of Samhain, after the harvest work was complete, uh, everybody would join the Druid priest and they would light this community fire uh, using this wheel that would cause friction and, and spark flames. Uh, the wheel was considered like a representation of the sun and uh, they used it with prayers and things and they sacrificed cattle. Uh, and then the participants, they took a flame from the communal bonfire back to their home to relight the hearth. So it was very symbolic of bringing this fire from the community fire back to their owns. And what's interesting is now that me and Randy have been getting more into spirituality, it's like on a lot of these solstice and holidays, we actually light fires and uh, write intentions down and burn special things and then like save the ashes and use them for magic and things. It's pretty fucking awesome. And I love it. Magic is real, guys. I'm telling you. Side note. <laughs> but Samhain was actually mandatory because they said if you didn't, then you would, uh, I don't know, get sick and die from the gods or something. But uh, some of the early documents, they mentioned six days of drinking alcohol to the excess and gluttonous feasts. And that's kind of uh, along with many pagan holidays, like the origins of Christmas and things. I'm going to do a whole Christmas episode. Oh, boy. I can't wait to get into all of that stuff. Um, yeah, basically, once Christianity, uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. So, you know, as, uh, it, well, yeah, I just want to mention that, yeah, pagan holidays are my way my style. <laughs> Maybe not so much more anymore now that I quit drinking. But, you know, who doesn't love gluttonous feasts? So... <laughs> As the Middle Ages progressed, uh, well, so did, you know, the celebrations. And uh, they started to, you know, develop a little bit. And so people started lighting fires closer to their farms. Uh, and those were, those fires were supposed to protect people from fairies and witches. Uh, and then they started carving turnips called jack-o'-lanterns, which, uh, did you know, yeah, the, ori the origins of the jack-o'-lantern was actually turnips. And fun, fun story about, did you know why we even do that in the first place? So it, it all goes back to this fella called Stingy Jack. So apparently, Stingy Jack he invited the devil to have a drink with him, but he didn't want to pay for it. So he convinced, and I, okay, I don't, I don't know. I guess we have to assume that the devil is super gullible in this, these stories. But the guy convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin. And instead of buying a drink, he Stingy Jack pocketed the coin and he kept it close to a silver cross in his house, apparently, so the devil couldn't take shape again. And then he promised to let the devil go as long as he would leave him alone for a year. This guy is a horrible negotiator, too, by the way. Uh, and also, the other stipulation is if Jack died, then the devil wouldn't claim his soul. So you fast forward to a year later, 
and then uh, <laughs> Jack tricks the devil again. Um, so into to leaving him alone and not claiming his soul. Uh, but then when Jack finally dies, God didn't want such a conniving person in heaven, and the devil stuck to his word, and uh, he would not allow him into hell. So poor Jack was just uh, sent off into the night with only a burning coal to light his path and wander the earth with no heaven nor hell that would take him. And he placed the coal inside of a carved-out turnip, and that was his lantern. That was Stingy Jack's lantern. So there you go. That's, uh, that's where jack-o'-lanterns come from. And they start out as turnips and beets and sometimes potatoes. And yeah, so we actually have a lot to, uh, we had the Irish to thank for Halloween as it is today because they brought their traditions with them. And that's when it started to morph into All Hallows' Eve, Halloween. Um, but before it made it to America, we had a couple popes try to, I don't know, put the Christian spin on the holiday, just like most any other holiday. They're like, no, 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 you weirdo pagans. No, this must be, all of this debauchery must be in the name of the Lord. We cannot have you pagans debaucherously debauchering without it being in the name of our Lord and Savior God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they actually moved it, moved the date of it to like May 13th. But everybody's like, fuck that dude, we're still lighting our fires and doing this shit. No, we don't care if you move the day or whatever. So then this other pope moved it back, and uh, then he declared that November 1st was All Saints Day, and November 2nd was All Souls Day, which blings, blings me, bling blings me to my next point, on uh, November 2nd. So now that we've gotten into all of this magic and spirituality and things, uh, I do a lot of, again, these are all universal energies and names really, they help define and figure things out, but it's all much more complicated than just simple names. But anyways, uh, we need names to interact with things. And I work a lot with uh, Maman Brigitte and Baon Samti, and they're a part of the, uh, the Gede Loa. And I also work with the Gay Day, and Ranny helps me, and I make these sculptures. I'm actually having a show at the Hive Gallery coming up November 9th is a sculpture show, and my whole, uh, I have a featured spot, and I'm, I've sculpted these uh, Gay Day sculptures, but I'm actually making homes for the Gay Day. So Ranny makes this little mojo pouch, I call it their hearts, and I put it in the sculpture, and uh, yeah, they come to me and I draw them and then I give them a funny name and then Ranny helps me channel what they like. And uh, so if you own one of the sculptures, then you can offer them whatever their favorite things are. And then you have like a pal on the spirit realm. And they even come with a number, thanks phone. They even come with a number that, uh, that they can communicate with you. So if you have some spooky goings-ons and uh, you see a number popping up, that's them trying to communicate with you. So that brings me back to November 2nd, which is All Souls Day, which is also the day of the Fet Gay Day. Uh, I don't know if I say the Fet right, but uh, that's the voodoo holiday where they celebrate the Gay Day, which are the, if uh, you heard me talk about them way back in, I think, episode two, uh, and they're just crass, perverted party spirits. And so we honor all of the dead who don't have anyone to remember them. And also we honor our ancestors. So we're having a party and inviting everybody over and to uh, dress up dead 
You, you can come with whatever, but you got to come dead. <laughs> so we're going to have an altar set up for people to offer things to their ancestors and to the Gede. So, yeah, and if it sounds like if you want to buy one of my Gede pieces, check out the Hype Gallery after November 9th and uh, take a spirit pal home with you. And uh, that also sort of pairs with, you know, Dia de los Muertos. Uh, again, I'm probably not saying that right, but there's a lot of every other culture has traditions and days and things to honor our ancestors. And this is a huge thing that we have to start doing. Um, I'm telling you, they, your, your link to your ancestors all the way back to impossibly long ago that you can't even imagine ancestors. You, we have to start strengthening those bonds because actually, if I think again, I like I talked about this in an episode where you have to look at it like a chain of energy coming through all of your ancestors down to you. And sometimes there's kinks in that chain and we have to help our ancestors and we have to reconnect with them because, you know, if you have kinks in that chain, it can lead to health problems. It can lead to like mental issues, depression, anxiety. And you have to start doing this ancestral work to actually help out your ancestors and they help you out because you're all you're all one. So something to think about. I still have to do like a whole in-depth episode with Randy on ancestor work. But yeah, well, now you know the history of Halloween. Now I'm going to have Randy join me for the next part. And we're going to talk more about like our favorite Halloween things and all kinds of uh, fun stuff. So thanks for joining me, Randy. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so... I want to talk about Halloween because this is the Halloween episode. Well, why don't we just talk about Christmas? Well, we're going to do a Christmas episode, actually. And it's going to be interesting because Mm. how the Christians just kind of glossed over pagan holidays like usual. Yeah, they do that. They mean, they did and they do that. (laughs) They did and they do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm always curious about people and like when you're younger, what did you like... What, why we go as the things that we go as, as kids. Like, well, it's like some kids are just so hardcore about going as a certain something. Like, what would what did you go as as Halloween, for as Halloween? Man, ugh, thinking back, I don't remember why I chose what I was, but I can't even, let me think about my, my favorite, one of my favorite costumes was, um, was a flapper. That I actually okay. won the the for my for second grade I won my category um, first place oh, in the costume contest and it was like kind of a janky costume too it was like it was just a dress an old lace dress that my sister Casey helped me like cut like into like little strips and then we had like my one of my mom's old belts or some old like sparkly belt and stuck a feather in it it wasn't even like a store bought costume but I ended up winning nice. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of what the fuck. I was a glow worm one year. Is that what you wanted to be, or was that? Yeah, and it was one of those weird like with the plastic mask, and it has like the little slit, and you stick your tongue in it, and you cut your tongue. Yeah, those are real popular. Yeah, those are very uncomfortable. (laughs) And they had like the weird. It's just like weird vinyl. Like I don't even think they sell shit like that anymore. They. Yeah, my brother had a Brave Star one, which was pretty fucking rad. Nice. Yeah. So what do you remember the very first year that you chose your costume? What you I went, think it was a glow worm. That was, that was like, <laughs> yeah, that was the one. I loved I, glow worms, man. They were yeah. awesome. We were poor, so like from, for the most part, we didn't really buy costumes. Like, yeah, remember like one year it was like my dad was a mailman, mm-hmm. mail carrier, so I just wore his like uniform. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a mail person. <laughs> 
Nice. Let me go through your mailboxes. <laughs> I have to deliver your mail and collect candy. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pretty smart costume, um, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the very first year that I can vaguely remember, I went as a lost boy from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the Lost Boys. The Keeper Sutherland was the coolest. I think ever. I remember seeing that picture of you. You're yep. like passed out on the couch, and you're like, yep. "My mom, like I, I have vague memories of it." But yeah, I guess I wanted to be a Lost Boy. And my mom like painted my face or something. Because I don't know. She I think painted she his like, face, and he got lost. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Right? <laughs> I think she was probably like, how the fuck do I turn this, like, tiny kid into a lost boy? Like, what? <laughs> so she just, like, painted my face. And then I have this awesome picture somewhere. I'm just, like, passed out after trick-or-treating. Yeah. Um, good times. But every year after that, I always had to be a werewolf. Because, like, as I got because older, like, I thought lives. I was a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, see, I'm telling you, that's why it's. <laughs> I think it's so interesting is because when we're kids, we remember a lot more of our past lives and, and things from the spirit realm. And it's always interesting what people want to dress up as. And yeah, I have no idea, but I had to be a werewolf. And I'd feel uncomfortable if I didn't go as a werewolf every year. It was like, it, like I, I felt bad. I was like, well, oh, what about You know, it would be weird if like every full moon you wanted to dress up like a werewolf. Like you just had to or you felt bad. And then you'd wake up with blood all over the place. And dirt in your feet. Sounds like being claws, an actual werewolf. Or your, I guess they're not claws when you're not a wolf. Whatever. I just drank coffee, and I don't uh, usually drink coffee, so I'm like all like, ah. hello. Oh, there was this one year that I even have this on video. I did. I lived. There was a Halloween talent show, and I was the only one that did a fucking Halloween talent. Everybody else just did uh, who the fuck knows what. But I did. I lip synced the Monster Mash, and mm. my mom made me this awesome. Um, ripped up mad scientist costume we laid hair laid a white beard and i had like white hair mm-hmm. so it could have either you could have either been a mad scientist or uh colonel sanders yes basically yeah <laughs> like a mad colonel sanders <laughs> well that's oh, fun i don't think i've seen pictures of that one hmm. yeah i think another year like the first year i did like the special effects was i think sixth grade and i did that like cotton over the eye with the liquid latex okay. and then i did like the little torn skin and back then we didn't have any youtube tutorials so it was just like whatever instructions were on the shitty packaging mm-hmm. like of that stuff and, and you're like wait a minute i don't think this is right well it looked pretty cool actually but i didn't have like a foundation that was my skin color so it was like mm. super brown oh. like it just looked like i had a brown eye <laughs> oh, <laughs> which no. is kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> what, what are, are you, you supposed to be? I'm the old brown eye. Brown eye over here. <laughs> Miss Chocolate Starfish. Um, yeah. I remember one year, I the like the first year that I actually didn't go as a werewolf, uh, I bought these, uh, I forget the effects company's name, but it, it was actually, they sold them at Spencer's. It was actually prosthetics. And it was like the first prosthetics that I had ever seen. But they were just straight up, slip cast latex so it was basically like mask pieces that you could glue to your face mm-hmm. and i didn't know how to like seam the edges or anything so i just like glued it to my face and just, just plastered black all over the parts that you couldn't see 
But I uh, mean, that's kind of how everyone did it until they saw started seeing like face off. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> now that, everyone's like, like, "Oh, look at those edges," and it's like, mm, <laughs> right. "Yeah, okay, this is this is not a movie, bitch." <laughs> I want to be able to take this off within an hour. <laughs> ah, people. Yeah, now our Halloween tradition is, because I love it so much, and I want to enjoy the ambiance every year, but I'm too old to trick-or-treat. I always said that you'd never too old to trick-or-treat, but now I think at some point you're kind of too old to trick-or-treat. <laughs> um, but we walk Tupac around and just enjoy. Put a costume on him. Mm-hmm. Or not. I mean, he he's kind of getting too old for that shit. He's like, eh, I'll wear this for like five minutes and you better give me treats, but I'm not going to go for a walk in this. What do I look like? A clown? <laughs> you know, some fun following following facts. Um, well, okay, so here's my take on, I think as long as you're in high school, you should absolutely be allowed to trick or treat. Some state, some states, like actually, it's I thought like you were going to say um, some Satanists. Yeah. Well, then go on. Uh, it's like a, you could get arrested for trick or treating over a certain age. But here's the thing is that I feel like if you, the rule is you have to like go all out on your costume. Like you have to put effort into a great costume mm-hmm. if you're going to be an older kid trick or treating. Yeah. You can't, none of those fucking like hoodies and you just like, I don't know, put on a mask or something. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta put thought into it because you're not a kid anymore. So you can't wear a mask? What? Well, I mean, you can wear a mask, but it's like if you spent some time making something or something, I don't know. You're old enough to be creative, so you should actually be creative is what I'm saying. (laughs) I remember actually, that reminds me of like one of the last times I dressed up, I was like, I just put curlers in my hair and like wore like a sweater and I was like, I'm an old lady. <laughs> and then like I was trick-or-treating and everyone was like, aren't you too old? And I'm like, yeah, I'm an old lady. But that's my costume. And that was the last year I went trick-or-treating. I think I was like 15 or something. Oh, that, that's pretty funny actually. They knew you were a teenager, but yeah. you said you're too old. Yeah, yeah I'm too old. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so here's some fun stuff. Did you know? That the, like, razor blades and candy and poison candy and stuff is actually a huge myth. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Some people don't know that because it still gets perpetuated every year. Um, there was actually, because I was going to say there were no documented cases, but actually the closest thing was in Texas. This guy uh, wanted to kill his son and he laced pixie sticks with cyanide. Ooh. And put them in his Halloween candy, and also gave pixie sticks out to, to other kids to throw them off the scent. Mm. But none of the other kids consumed the cyanide pixie sticks, but except his son, and his son died because his dad straight up killed him. Wow. But yeah, so there was actually a case where someone did give out. Uh, poison candy, but there were no deaths. Were those kids just like, this thing looks open? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know like, the details on it, but... What an asshole. Yeah. That's sad. Mm-hmm. I didn't, they didn't think this was going to take a dark turn, even though it's a Halloween episode. Halloween <laughs> <laughs> is the dark half of the year. Yeah, <laughs> the veil is thin. So... Alright, so now let's, let's share some spooky real-life stories, because I love those. 
So what's, I don't know, what's, you ever had any like real life, I mean, our life now. <laughs> Who do you think you ask? I know, our you? life is insane now. Um, um, but like, let's, let's think of a pre before we like started learning about what's really going on in this reality. Um, did you have any spooky stories? Yeah. Um, I have a lot because I, like I said, I'm, I can hear spirits and sometimes see them. Um, ever since I, I can remember actually now because well no not ever since I can remember that sounds that's ridiculous um but there are some times where things happen and I was like that was fucking weird like one of my friends um his father had passed away and I was visiting him because he was kind of sad and um like I was just talking to him and something happened like I felt like a pain in my chest and I'm like having a hard time breathing and I just start look I'm looking at him and I it was one of those like uh, when a spirit jumps into you and, and is talking through you I was feeling this pain and then I'm looking at him and I'm like I'm like you need to be careful don't you watch after your brother because he is he's gonna screw with your mom and you have to watch you actually you have to watch after your mom because your brother is up to no good and my friend was like, and then I was like, I took my hand off because I had, I had my hand, actually had my hand on my um, chest near my heart. And my friend was like, what the fuck just happened? And I was like, uh, I think your house is haunted. I think that was your dad. And that was when he was like, yeah, that's, he's like, you're like 100% right. My, my brother is a piece of shit. And, you know, my, and he said, and I told him I had a chest pain and a pain in like my heart or whatever. And he said that his fa- father passed away of a heart attack and I was like oh and actually that was the last time I ever visited that friend because I I was just like his house is haunted he has his fucking his ghost dad is in his house and I am not visiting this person anymore so and this is yes way before you knew this that is before, you were yeah. like psychic or yeah, uh, this is, yeah this is when like I I mean actually I had done like Ouija board stuff before that it's funny because like it's kind of now that where we are now it's kind of sort of despookified a lot of yeah things, i'm like know? oh i just was he that guy just had a message and he knew that he can like speak through me mm-hmm. and i kind of feel bad for never hanging out with that friend anymore but that was that was the very last time i was like uh i am freaked out by this because i did not i didn't like the feeling either it was mm-hmm. like I felt like I couldn't breathe, and I felt like my chest was like on fire. Like yeah. it was not. Which a good I mean, feeling. that actually doesn't despookify anything. That's kind of scary. That is think, pretty you know? scary. Because yeah. there are there are uh, there are malevolent and aggressive energies out there. Yeah. That that are scary. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had friends in the in the past who could, can see um, spirits, and the, what they do is they like wear sunglasses, and they like have earbuds in and they try to act like they can't see the spirits because sometimes the spirits if they know that you can see them they will like really bother you Mm -hmm. which is like this is real stuff you know like people Mm -hmm. live through this and it it seems it sounds like crazy people shit but i believe them now Mm -hmm. after going through what i've been going through and i've always believed them actually because i could usually tell when a person's lying and i'm like okay you're really seeing shit you know Mm -hmm. It's weird that we are so skeptical of people, like like firsthand accounts of friends and things. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, if one of my friends told me something, I'd be like, 
I believe you. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are like, that doesn't fucking, fucking happen. Yeah. You know? But I mean, like, that's why when I tell people my stories, I don't I don't care to even, like, convince them. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, this is what happened to me. This is my story. This this is what I lived. But I'm not there, like, to be like, well, this really happened. Like, this, it's not my job to, mm-hmm. like, convince people that shit happened because they're going to believe you or they won't. Yeah. I lived in a super haunted house uh, growing up, and I had, like, nightmares about it uh, ever since. I haven't recently, though. Um, but, it, yeah, something about that house, I like, called to me. And then I, apparently my brother uh, told me, because it had four main doors on the front, and my brother told me that it was, like, some kind of, like, halfway house or something for, like, tuberculosis patients or some, some kind of weird, crazy shit went down in that house. And, uh, it, like, at night we would hear... We had all our toys upstairs, and we would hear things like rolling balls and like playing with our toys and stuff. And my mom's just like, we're all just like huddled in my mom's room, like kind of freaking out. My mom's like trying to keep it together. She's like, oh, you know, I'm sure it's uh, probably just a mouse or something. You know? <laughs> we're just like all fucking scared shitless. But there was one time where I was uh, I was on the toilet, and from the toilet you can see to the ba- the basement door, and then I just hear this like like a scratch on the door and then it starts like heavy scratch like a couple fingers are scratching and then all of a sudden like boom like something is slamming on the door and so hard that paint chips are flying off the door and i like i freaked out and i was like crying and my brother's like running downstairs like what's happening what's happening it was like something was trying to bust its way out of the basement it was that was one of the most intensely terrifying paranormal experiences that i had ever had yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah. And then I think the other main paranormal experience where I actually saw a ghost was in the face-off cast house. I uh, There was every morning I would wake up and there was this bal- door to a balcony that nobody ever went out there. And every morning it would be open and every night I would close it and make sure it was closed. Uh, and then one night I rolled over and I opened my eyes and there was this l- shadow lady. It's weird because like if anybody has ever seen shadow entities you know that you can just infer information about them without they invoke a feeling definitely i've seen plenty of shadow people yeah and you just you like you inherently know some things about them and i knew she was a lady Mm -hmm. and she was like screaming in my face and it was like it sounded like tv static it was so crazy and i couldn't move and i was like okay I just, with my mind, I was like, you're going to leave me alone. And I, like, envisioned, like, this light around me. And, like, and then she's just, and it just went away and I could move. Mm -hmm. And uh, Yeah, and that house that that you stayed at was very haunted. Didn't, like, the owners say that they tried to do a lot of ritual to, like, cleanse the property of of the negative or, like, the spirits. They've even had, like, some voodoo guy that came and, like, did some stuff to, Yeah. yeah. Many, yeah, it's like a historic house in North Hollywood. And, uh, yeah, many people have died in that house. <laughs> I mean, we were we were upstairs in the, the bathroom when I went to visit the house. And um, totally something opened the door, like, and then closed it. And it, they had, it had to, like, have, you know, turn the door. So mm-hmm. doorknob turns, opens, and then closes. And we, like, immediately look out the door and there was no one there. Yep. Yeah. It's creepy. And then lots of the cast members, they talked about things whispering in their ears at night and all kinds of creepy seeing people walk outside or like by the windows and things. Like the night watch dudes were always seeing creepy stuff. 
Yeah, the old house that I used to live at was pretty haunted. Like, and it's one of those things too, like where like you watch those TV shows and you're like, why don't you just move? It's haunted, and you know, it, but you're like, it, it's not that easy to just move, you know? Right? Everyone, it's pretty everyone says that. In there's why don't you just move? And like, it's like I had like no credit, and like that was it was a really nice place, and I didn't have to have credit to live there. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, it was like I remember my even like my son would tell me that he would he he would wake up and he would be talking to things and he would be f- afraid. And I was like, no, it's probably nothing. <laughs> kind of like your mom, like, yeah. oh, it's probably nothing. Right? But I remember kid, always guess. seeing a dark a shadow figure in the hallway between my room and his room and also see one like it would always be it would be in my room and it would see it more often when I would be like drunk or um or I remember I had surgery and I was on like the the pain pills mm. and it was it was a menacing like feeling I didn't mm. like that yeah that, that place always felt wet and cold yeah like, gross because like, I, I rented out like, yeah I rented out a duplex and it was like two units so like right next to each other and the side that I stayed on um, was really like it always felt wet and cold and mm. like kind of creepy feel to it yeah I saw that that shadow entity too yeah. and it's, it's weird because it felt masculine too. it was masculine and I would see it walking quickly like because you know you turn the corner of the stairs i just see a quick glimpse of it walking or sometimes it looked like a head was peeking out of the room yeah it would do like weird peaky things or stand in a corner and just like be like like making its presence known like i'm watching you Mm -hmm. and then be like right above me like i am watching you and then you know like sometimes get very close to my face and i would be like like Mm. it was it would be it would be scary but Mm. then i would just kind of be like okay where's the vodka Mm. (laughs) like just drink till i don't care instead of like thinking oh maybe i shouldn't be drinking maybe the reason why i'm seeing them is because my vibration is very low i don't know (laughs) well that's when we uh i got you into the ouija board oh yeah never done it before and that was like i was fascinated because Mm. we found this ouija board at goodwill Mm -hmm. and i had done i had done it a couple times like when i was younger and it totally fucking works like i'm telling you guys it works and now even more so than i know unless you know what you're doing i wouldn't recommend messing with them yeah (laughs) yeah this was it was crazy because like i wasn't expecting it to be like i mean i always knew about the spirit realm and stuff but i wasn't expecting it to be that crazy so when when we first um, opened up the Ouija board, you know, Sig was like, let's light a candle and then have a cup of water. And we had the candle lit in the water. And then right when we opened the board and um, like the candle, like the flame went out like completely and then like, whoosh, like got huge, up, like huge flame. Right as the and that was moving. when my heart was like, Oh, this is cool. <laughs> Who are we talking to? And it was, it, we were, it, things were talking to us, like mm-hmm. multiple things, like, and it was fun for me. And I, and then, I, then I started doing, um, this is one of those situations where like, I was like really, really into it. I wasn't afraid. I was like, this is cool. Who wants to talk to me now? And, <laughs> you know, I started doing more automatic writing and. Yeah, you would let like things draw with you yeah move your hand. and it was so unsafe what i was doing i mean i i do automatic writing now but like i make sure that 
Um, you know, I you have, have protocols and like systems in place to, yeah, to do that I type of thing. Call in the guardians of the seven directions, and I, you know, I'm a, I do it like a proper witch. Mm-hmm. You know, do things safely, and I always keep in mind that when you're receiving these messages, that it can be coming from any thing mm-hmm. you know like, there's always you have to people are like well how can you know what to believe in stuff and it's like well you have to like live it and you have to corroborate what the messages that you're getting with like your life and and feeling and like it's it's a whole approach to understanding and channeling messages from the other side yeah because definitely. there's a lot of things that will try to trick you yeah. and mislead you but there is a certain part of you that you can tap into that is like your moral comes like your higher self and, yeah and it just you can feel in your heart that it's not it doesn't lie to you you know mm-hmm. and if you can tap into that then you can safely figure yeah. out things but for the most part I, I wouldn't suggest like any average person to mess around with it because um <coughs> you don't know your space like you don't mm-hmm. know where what is around you when mm-hmm. you're opening that and you don't and know and it definitely what... increases activity because like yeah. we oh that, yeah that thing was like around and we knew it but as soon as we started using the Ouija board, it was like, it was opening up the floodgates. Yeah, it was making like it, somehow making it more powerful. My friend um, Leia came over and we did the Ouija board because I was obsessed. Like anyone who would come over, I'm like, dude, let's do this because it's, I was like, this is cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we did the Ouija board and it's funny because, or it's interesting because like a lot of people who would do the Ouija board with me, they would get super sleepy mm-hmm. afterward, almost like half like falling asleep towards the end of doing the Ouija. Yeah. Um, so she, she was like, really tired and then she was trying to leave oh she was we go to the hallway in the bathroom there was an electric shaver and it just goes off it's like and it's like vibrating the whole thing and i'm like ah fucking go in there and like turn it off i'm like that was weird and she's like "Ooh, this is because leia loves the supernatural too so she's like all like whoa this is fucking cool that fucking Mm -hmm. happened and i was like yeah dude this is like crazy right and so she's she's trying to leave though and the door like would not like it, the door wasn't locked or anything, but she could not open it. And this is a very easy door to open. There's mm-hmm. ne- it's it's one of those like cheap doors. It's not hard to open. So yeah, she couldn't open the door, and finally like Sig had to go up to it, and he just opened it. Didn't even <laughs> didn't even have any trouble turning the knob or pulling it open. So mm-hmm. yeah, whatever it was, there was one entity, maybe a couple that really liked her because every time I would start doing automatic automatic writing. Um, something would, a certain um, entity would be like, where's Leia? Mm-hmm. And I was like, she's not here. And it, but it was like, find Leia. And I'm like, just leave me. I want to write with cooler things, not you. Because there was one one entity that would jump in and kind of um, ruin the thing, the fun times sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the Ouija board makes so much more sense now because when something would jump on and it would write, or spell with you you could feel its emotion in the way that it moved the planchet but also like it again it just you you were picking up these feelings and information that goes beyond just the words that it's moving it to mm-hmm. uh, you can feel emotion in in the yeah. way it moves and stuff yeah there was one that was um that was very calm and cool like a really cool i think it was um sig spirit guide that would come in every now and then and, and join the ouija and it had he had a specific way of moving um the planchet and it was he was nice but then you could feel like an erratic like change when it would like be something else 
And I think it, and it was one of my spirit guides who said, like, when I was doing the automatic writing back in the day, the, 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 my spirit guide was like, okay, you need to stop. We got to the point where I was too, I was just doing it all the time. And I was like, like whenever I was bored or like middle of the night, I would wake up and start writing and I would start getting eyes, 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 stop, 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 stop what you're doing. You're not ready for this. And I'm like, okay. And finally I was like, okay, I'll stop because I noticed it was making me pretty, I don't know. It was changing my mood. Like I was kind of like very angry. And you were like, getting like addicted to it like i had to be like no dude like come on let's, let's not and i know like, it's like what do you want to do it's like what do you want to do for your birthday ouija well, board, ouija board automatic like, writing like we can't just ouija board every day okay yeah and it was, you're doing it by yourself yeah, it is like totally like, like scary movie shit where like yeah, that person gets right. obsessed and then they end up totally. being possessed yeah i almost got possessed you guys yeah. well that's where the original exorcist story comes from is uh, captain howdy so this like lonely sickly girl their parents got her the as far as I can tell, this is a true. They got her a Ouija board, and then this entity called Captain Howdy was just, and you're not supposed to do it alone, so. Yeah. Creepy, creepy. Yeah, you kept telling me not to do it alone, and I was like, okay, and then, like, I would still do it alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a grown-ass woman. Oh, I remember another creepy story. So, uh, this entity, again, somehow I just know her name is Maggie. Uh, I've always had this fear of, like, reaching into rooms to turn off lights, and one night I did that and I turned it off and then I felt something brush against my hand and I was like okay that was fucking creepy that same night I'm laying and I'm sleeping and then I wake up and my hand is on the bed and I wake up and there's this strange entity being with like long hair covering his face and I could just see these sharp teeth out from under the bangs and like greasy hair and like a red dress and she was just like stroking my hand just like it was like smiling at me and stroking my hand mm-hmm. and like I jumped uh, like I jerked and then she was gone but it was like so weird like I don't know what she wants I don't know what but it's it was fucking creepy but mm-hmm. it was like I didn't know if she seemed evil or I don't know but so now I'm gonna it's I'm inspired I'm gonna make this whole TikTok horror uh, based on a based on a real thing yeah. yeah. That you saw yeah so look forward to the maggie the horror tiktok i'm coming sure out maggie soon. looks forward to it too giving her a platform uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, that is seriously like a scary movie like yeah. sharing this this entity on social media so that people know and now it lives in the imaginations of other people creepy okay. creepy just keep her out of my space <laughs> <laughs> So, back to Halloween. Halloween. What is your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, you know what? Uh, growing up, I really liked Snickers. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, these people know what's up. But now it's like, when you buy those like those packs of Snickers, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Halloween candy is expensive yeah, now, dude. Yeah, it is. Dude, we do the 99 cent yeah, store. Yeah, 99 Sorry, cent guys, store. Sorry, guys. We've the cheap stuff. But it looks cool because they have like the go- the eyes and the fang candies yeah. and stuff. But you know? Yeah, yeah, candy is expensive. Yeah. Um, it's like way more expensive now. I'll tell you what sucks though: popcorn balls. Popcorn balls. I don't yeah. know what that one is. Uh, nobody ever gives you popcorn balls. No. There's just I these, know like, those... the homemade balls that like somehow they glue together popcorn. I don't know, and I'm just like, fuck, it's a fucking popcorn ball. <laughs> oh, I never had that. That sounds yeah. kind of lovely, but maybe maybe as an adult now I would enjoy it, but as a kid I really yeah. hated it. Yeah. 
But now that I think about it as an adult, it's really nice it's if someone to like take the time to make those corn? handmade yeah. treats. Yeah. Put a little cyanide in there for the Yeah, kids. I think there was caramel corn. I could drizzle it in caramel corn or something. Yeah. Maybe that's how it was like held together. Yeah, Man, that sounds cool. <laughs> Unless now. it was just some asshole that was like literally <laughs> just getting... Po- Get the glue, honey! Just glue, ping pong balls, and yes. golf balls, and popcorn. We'll call it popcorn ball. <laughs> also, like, least favorite, like, Three Musketeers, who... Who, uh, I don't know who likes Three Musketeers. Those Three are Musketeers is, are gross. Yeah, my my sister Casey. Those uh, were her favorite because she didn't like like she didn't like she didn't like real chocolate candy that tastes good. <laughs> I don't know. She was weird. Yeah, I don't know what that what that is in the center, but it's not good. Yeah. Oh man, I just love coming home and then having the full bag and then just smelling the bag just sticking your head in the bag just like huffing candy halloween candy fumes yeah. you ever do that yeah that was good get, get high on that shit that was so good that yeah like, right? good <laughs> sometimes i just grab my well maybe this year i'll just grab my granddaughter's uh <laughs> halloween bag of candy and, <laughs> oh yeah let me give it back to her <laughs> <laughs> i think they've tried to make candles that smell like halloween candy but i don't think they get it i don't think they've ever uh, like captured it needs like the scent of plastic as well yeah there's some yeah something and you know there's like a good candy kidney. that i just remembered that i don't know if they had it have it all over the united states but it's i forget what it's called i think maybe it's called chico stick or something but it's like it's like um butterfinger but mm-hmm. without the chocolate so it's just like this peanut butter stick that's crispy is that the cow a cow tail Cowtail? We didn't call it that. Uh, my brother used to get these things called cowtails. It was like a stick, and it was—it's like a Mexican candy, I think. Mm, oh. And it had—it's like—it's literally Butterfinger, but without the chocolate, and it's like fucking oh, good. That sounds good. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, do you have like a any Halloween movies that you just have to like get you in the mood for Halloween? I don't need a movie to get me in the mood for Halloween, honey. Well, I mean, like, yeah, you're not really a movie person. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I got I got three. Yeah. So most like actual horror film, gotta go with Trick or Treat, that anthology horror film that I mentioned earlier in this episode. It's just it's really great. It's like a Halloween anthology, and all of the horror stories sync up. They're separate stories, but they all like kind of intertwine, which I thought was really creative and great. Um, but then Hocus Pocus. Have you seen Hocus Pocus? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, you just give me a blank stare. I'm oh, like, anytime, I just remembered anytime something. Anytime you mention Hocus Pocus, what, what? That witch's night out. Oh, that yeah, cartoon they used to play that this cartoon in the eighties, and it was like I think it was from the seventies though. But was when I watched it was the eighties, but it was like this cartoon of this witch lady who like saves Halloween or so. she turns everyone into monsters for the night. It's really weird. Like yeah. whatever they want, whatever they wanted to be for Halloween, she turned them into it, and like this kid turned into a ghost, and then there was a wolf boy and. It was a really weird cartoon, but I freaking like Halloween, yeah. the witch witch's magic, magic Halloween. <laughs> but, and it, but it has that like the only copy you can get from it has that weird VHS like warble to it, so it's yeah. like Halloween. Halloween yeah, oh, I love that <laughs> cartoon. So there you go. There's your Halloween movie. Yeah, that's that's the one. I want to watch that. But again, my actually. number one, hundred percent, hands down, is Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh yeah, that's that a good is one. the fucking jam. I watched that so many times as a kid. That just gets me so pumped for Halloween. Yeah, I miss Ernest. I mean, another scary movie I watched like a billion times was Times was um, Evil Dead, but I didn't really just yeah. That was a year Evil Dead too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really just watch that for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's just for sure. Yeah, that's the good one. Yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Well, uh, I've got some spooky stories to share with everybody, so we're gonna we're gonna get to that. I have one that from my Twitch that uh, everybody wrote. They just commented and they keep commenting and created this weird story. And also a treat for the listeners. I found a short horror story I wrote when I was like I don't know ten or twelve or something, and I'm gonna read that. It's called The Box. Okay. Ooh. It sounds self indulgent. Yeah. Probably. That's fun. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Reading one, your... <laughs> Reading one of your old stories from when oh. you were a kid. Oh, I thought you meant like me titling the story The Box was like self indulgent <laughs> of my 10 year old self. I'm like, uh, what? No, I mean like reading your your old story from when you were a well, kid is you know, self indulgent. The fact of just having a podcast is pretty self indulgent That's because true. I think every single thing I have to say is interesting enough for someone to listen to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is the this podcast could just be called Sig Neutron Self Indulgence. <laughs> just being honest. Self Indulgence Tron. Yeah. Spudulgent. Nah, I got nothing. Um, okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining me for this segment. Thank you for having me for a segment of yeah, your thing. Cool. Now it's the spooky story time. <laughs> spooky story time. <laughs> No, my podcast is not self-indulgent, damn it. (laughs) Oh, so you know what? All right, we're gonna start off with a ridiculous story. On I like to get I like to get people creative and having fun and writing stories and because it was been one of my favorite things to do. Literally before I was old enough to write or read, I would tell my grandma stories and she would write them down for me. And most of them were haunted house stories and creepy, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, A lot of them involved monsters in houses. Uh, Let me see if I can find one. I'll read one of those too, one of the really old stories. But first we're gonna go with the Twitch. Uh, I was sculpting and I had my Twitch chat write a story for me uh, that basically just the only rule was you had to wait till somebody else added to the story before you could add to it. So this story is brought to you by my Twitch fam users a Grave Mistake, Break Every Mold, Hazanku, Blim Blam 2, Schizma, Nat in the Hat, and Almighty Mojo 1. So here we go. It was a dark and stormy night. When the doorbell rang and it was not the pizza guy. It was the jocks coming to make fun of the nerds for being D&D playing virgins. Getting up from my meatloaf TV dinner, I walked to the door. I locked the door and yelled, get lost, and then sat back down at my computer watching BBW porn. Suddenly, Billy shouted out, dude, we gotta get out of here and get laid. There's a party and we're not invited, but we should go. 
And that's when I woke up at the wheel, heading towards a cliff. It seems like all that cocaine I snorted couldn't counteract the ambient, and looking in my rearview mirror, I saw a black shape with long cone fingers. It grabbed me and pulled me out of the car before it careened off the cliff. And as I caught my breath, I looked up to see the figure had vanished. What the clear heck was that? I exclaimed into the cold, dark night. As I fall, I look down upon jagged rocks, and then I said to myself, I guess my grandmother's ashes I had in the car were not that important. As the rocks rushed towards me, I thought they looked much like the BBW figures. And suddenly, I awoke in again with the house with Bill. He looked at me. The fuck is wrong with you, you weirdo? Reality was slipping around me like wet bath soap. And Bill reminded me to deliver my grandmother's ashes to her favorite place in the world. The Harborside Cliffs. That's when Bill ripped his face off and said, You want to see something really scary? But I already saw his ex-wife, so I said, No. And Bill put his face back on. Then the door burst open and my BBW fantasy was there, large and looming in all her beauty. It was she, her, the one and only, Large Marge. She sat on the couch and suddenly we had two couches. The ether was definitely starting to kick in. Who's next? I quickly tried to retrace my intake of substances but couldn't sort which ones I'd dreamed and which were real. I asked Bill, did we get fucked up tonight? Bill replied, well you did roll a one so your night was pretty fucked. And then I said, why should I listen to you? You're my imaginary friend. Large Marge leaned over and said, yeah, but he's pretty cute. Instantly shattering my heart. Bill seemed to take this as the obvious invitation it was. And before long, I was watching my fantasy woman making out with my only friend in the world. Could this night get any worse? But then her twin sister came in, only to make it a threesome. That's when my eyes began to melt, and through blood-filled eyes I see Marge lean in for a kiss. Ladies, ladies, there's enough Bill to go around. <laughs> Bill explains as I kneel over and find the remains of my eyeball. Then large Marge said to Bill, Ready for dinner? Then she grabbed me and headed to the kitchen. The phone kept ringing, louder and louder. As I was pulled along, it seemed to be following us. I whimpered, Marge, I can't see so well. Are, are we in the kitchen? Her head contorted and she cackled. Yes, my dear. <laughs> That's when Marge started cutting my fingers off and throwing them into a pot. I was able to grab the phone, and the phone managed to pull me away from her. 
I realize now that with no fingers, I could not dial on my rotary phone. Why the fuck do I still have a rotary phone? I exclaimed. As it dragged me along, bleeding and crying through the house, I could hear the ghostly voice of my grandmother shriek through the receiver. The large Marge asked, Do you really want to know how your grandmother died? I heard my grandmother's voice cry on the phone. Sweetie, I need to go to the cliff. When will you quit flirting with loose women and take me there? I scrambled on the floor to get away, but Marge grabbed me by the hair into her sweaty bosom. Ah, 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 dearie, she whispered as she brought her hands up to stroke my face with her crackhead fingernails. That's when my grandmother materialized from her urn, ready to fight large Marge. That's my grandson, you fat bitch. I will smash you flatter than a truck on the highway, she cried out. Gma's eyes glowed with the fury of a thousand hells and caught large Marge's gaze from across the room. As my grandmother smashed into Marge, I took my opportunity to escape, grabbing Bill in the urn on the way out. Bill, unfazed, just kept pounding away at large Marge's twin sister on the second couch. You may have eaten me and then puked me out, my grandmother said, but you will never eat my grandson. Grandma powered up a super punch as the hall glowed in a neon blue light. With the couch in hand, we only traveled one inch to the door. I was worried about getting the couch through the doorway, but Grandma's punch destroyed the entire wall and blasted us out onto the lawn. Large Marge's face contorted like when she tells that accident story. I'll get you, little one, and I'll eat you up faster than a leftover nutter butter found under the seat in the cab of my 18-wheeler. By that time, Bill finished, but unfortunately, Large Marge's sister landed on top of him and crushed him to death. I crawled towards my car, scrambling for my keys. It was still good to drive, right? Then Large Marge bellowed behind us. Fine, take your grandmother to that cliff, but when you get there... Be sure to tell him, Large Mod sent you. <laughs> there, there you have it, folks. That's the kind of stories that uh, my Twitter chat uh, <laughs> comes up with. I wouldn't have it any other way. So if you want to join the fun, I'm going to start doing that story thing more often and read the stories on the podcast because that was really fun. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Signeutron or join my Discord. Uh, Just go to my Twitter and I have a link posted, the invite link on my Twitter. That is a pinned tweet, the cigarette pack. 
So next up in spooky story time is a story I wrote. I honestly can't remember how old I was, but it's titled The Box. I had to be like 11 or 12 or something. So tonight, a present. I don't know. That wasn't a good... Uh, one of these days, I'll get a good crypt keeper. Hello, boils and ghouls. No, it's not. It's not there. I know I can do it, but like... I can say like, Aragula. No, that's not even it. Never mind. I'm going to quit with the Crypt Keeper. Anyways, tonight's, tonight's terror tale. Oh, that was closer. Is the box. It came today. Oh, yes. They're really trying now. The man in the funny brown clothes brought it. It had from mom inscribed on its smooth surface. No, they've got my mother. That must be it. Why did they have to take her? She never had anything to do with this. I don't know why they want me. Actually, I do. No, whatever they want is way too sinister for my feeble mind to even conceive. Yes, they're evil. Evil! Oh, how they want me so. But I won't give in. I won't let them win. It's sitting there now on the table. Its brown, papery eyes burning a hole right through me. But what can I do? Oh, why did I take it in the first place? What will I do? What will I do? Wait. I have it. I'll wait till the man in the brown suit comes back. <laughs> I'll just wait in the bushes and then spring out and shove the box back into the back of his big brown truck. But will that work? No. No, no. I can't wait that long. Whatever is in there will spring from the box, its malicious eyes glaring and slimy yellow teeth hungering for the taste of my flesh. I've been sitting here for hours just staring at the box. The sun is sinking in the sky, its red glow spilling like blood over the contents of my room. Just a matter of hours. It'll be real blood. My blood. Saturating the floor and coagulating on the sofa. I know. I'll get it before it gets me. <laughs> yes. I think there's a knife in the kitchen with an accursed box's name on it. I must choose carefully. <laughs> this one will do. With its blade gleaming in the last of the sun's weary light, 
beckoning to the doomed like the deadly beauty of the will-o'-wisp. Creep. Creep. Shh. Not too loudly. I must move cunningly back to the room containing the box. It knows. It must know I'm coming. But nevertheless, I must continue. I mustn't stray. The fate of all humanity bears heavily on my shoulders. I feel as if I'm the queen moving in on checkmate while the enemy moves cunningly in on my own demise. The boards creak under my feet. I had meant to get that fixed, but it doesn't matter now. All that matters now is the box. Like a lion stalking its prey, I move in on the box. The knife held closely in my hand, all the while my grip loosening from the moisture of my nervousness. Then I pounce on the box, stabbing it as a beast thirsty for the look of death engulfing my prey. Then a sudden jolt from the box makes me cringe with horror. I, I jump back from the box, falling against the wall. I just lay there in the fetal position, paralyzed with fear. What shall I do? What, what can I do? Curled there like a sniveling little child immobilized with fear. They have won. In a matter of seconds, I'll be devoured by something that in my wildest nightmares I could not imagine. <gasps> and then I felt it. A cold slimy appendage wrapping around my leg like the cruel demented touch of death itself I couldn't look I couldn't bring myself to look into the face of all the evil in the world condensed into a single grotesque husk of rotting flesh so I just waited waited to meet my maker for my life to end but that end didn't come what did however was the most disgusting smell I had ever smelled in my life it seemed as if the air was thick with the pungent heavy green fog then all of a sudden I was jerked across the floor so hard it made splinters rip off the hardwood floor penetrating deeply into my left arm I screamed in pain as blood trickled down my arm and now I was being drugged towards my front door why is it not killing me that's when I heard a voice that seemed to be fueled by pure hate
The voice made my blood run cold. And that's when I realized it. Their intentions all along weren't to kill me. Although, that probably fits into their plans sometime later. No. They wanted to obtain something from the deep recesses of my enlightened mind. Whatever it is they want, I'll give it to them. I, I have to. If not, they'll, they'll bleed me dry of my very soul. No, no. I must stop polluting my mind with such weak babble. I have to be strong. I have to protect whatever has been installed in my mind. For I am humanity's savior. There is no other way out. The hideous creature continued to drag me across the floor. It drug me across the sofa with such force that I heard a small crack, suggesting my leg had been broken. I saw a small, familiar glint on the floor. I lunged for it with every fiber of my being, further increasing the snapping sound of my gnarled leg. Then my bloody fingers touched the cold steel of the knife. I wrenched it from the ground, staring at it lovingly. I shook the odd feeling off, and for a moment I thought of plunging the knife deep into the gnarled hand of the creature. No, it was too late for that. I can't let them find the information. I raised the knife to my blood-spattered wrist and closed my eyes. The house was littered with crime scene investigators and medical personnel. Outside, people were gathering, compelled by the strange fascination with the macabre that's in all of us. The chief of police pushed his way through the crowd and came upon the coroner and his assistant snapping off pictures. Homicide? The chief asked. Nope. Apparent uh, suicide, replied the coroner. How? Asked the chief. This fool slit his wrists. The chief looked around and saw a curious sheet, not covering the body, but occupying a small space next to the corpse. What's that? The chief asked, pointing to the sheet. Oh, I almost forgot. The coroner lifted the sheet and under it, scrawled in a shaky script the words, Fear the box man in blood on the hardwood floor. <laughs> this guy must have been wacko bananas said the chief. Yeah, he had a history of mental illness. He'd been in five different mental hospitals, remarked the coroner. What for? asked the chief. Extreme paranoia. They just let him out of the last mental hospital saying he was cured, replied the coroner. What about that? asked the chief, gesturing to the small paper box marked from mom. Uh, I don't know, the coroner said, sounding puzzled. I hadn't noticed it before. Should we open it? 
I don't see why not. The coroner walked over to the seemingly harmless box and tore open the paper. He looked inside, and with a small chuckle, he said, Well, <laughs> looks like this guy and the contents of this box got something in common. What? The chief asked as he walked over to the box. He peered in and saw what everyone hates. <laughs> yeah, the chief said with the same chuckle as the coroner. They're both a fruitcake. <laughs> Meanwhile, outside, the UPS man drives through the small crowd, smiling a somewhat conniving little smile as he drives into the abyss. Wow, that's uh, it's the first time I've read that in a long time. That's surprisingly adult for <laughs> a kid to write. Um, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was, uh, it's weird. Yeah, I just remember writing that story and uh, somehow it survived and made its way all the way here so I could read it for you guys now. <laughs> Happy Halloween! Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this Halloween episode of Signutron Spooky Spewtron. I wish I had more time to uh, put it together, but I don't know. This was fun, and October is my busiest time of the year, so, you know, I, I can't complain to be busy. But I hope you guys enjoyed this, and I hope you guys have a fun and safe Halloween. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to connect with your ancestors. <laughs> So you can find me on, oh, Randy and I just started a TikTok and we are having a blast on that. It's at Rancig, R-A-N-C-I-G. You guys should follow us on TikTok because that's where we're pretty much putting all efforts into, we're getting into this rhythm of live streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Signutron, a makeup that we put in Randy. And then afterwards we film a bunch of TikTok skits and then that stuff's gonna go to the YouTube. So we got this nice, fun, synergy going on so follow us on tiktok also we have a patreon that is full of how-to videos and weird sexy photo shoots uh of all of these weird characters that we do of ranny and sometimes of me and yeah you get all kinds of stuff you get uh, ranny posts her like magic recipes i mean come on you get fx how-to's magic how-to's sexy photo shoots what more could you want well, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty more that we uh, give out. So patreon.com slash Rancic. Come and give us a follow. Also, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at SigNeutron. You can find Ranny on Instagram at RannyAgogo, A-U-G-O-G-O. Also, follow us on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Rancic. Yeah, so happy Halloween, everybody. Until next time, stay weird, stay spooky. And remember, if you're not looking, then you're not going to find it. Well, Nimrod, what did you think? Uh, kind of self-indulgent. You know what, Nimrod? Fuck you. Where's my pumpkin Jojo's? I'm over this shit. <laughs>